0: In a world saturated with podcasts, Two Brothers, One Bible stands out as an intriguing addition to the audio landscape. (laughs) That was good. What do you think about that? That's good. I don't have any idea what that means. No, no. Welcome to Two Brothers, One Bible
1: Podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today.
0: It's now time for another episode of Two Brothers, One Bible Podcast. So glad that you are here. I'm Robert Wakefield. I'm Peter Searson. Peter, it's great to see you. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Robert? I am really well and good. Good. Well, Happy New Year to well, you. Well, Happy New Year to you. Is it good? Do you say you're good or you say you're well? Uh, what's the English? What's correct grammar?
1: Some days I'm well. Some <laughs> days I'm good. Some days I'm good and well. Oh, some days you're both? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Right now I'm good. You're, uh, not. All, but not well. <laughs> no. It's a little early, yeah. you know, maybe this afternoon I'll be good uh, and well, okay. but right now I'm good. Okay,
0: well keep us posted on that. Okay. These are very important things <laughs> that our listeners want to know. Oh, I, they're at the edge of their seats, I can tell. <laughs> I can tell that they are. We are continuing uh, our most popular series, uh, of the Mount Rushmore series, Yeah, is what we like to call it. And give us the premise again what our Mount Rushmore series was all about. Well, you came to me back in the summer of last year and you said uh, if you could
1: pick top four verses and you use the Mount Rushmores example, that four mm-hmm. presidents are carved in stone. And so it's that kind of you know, you're taking the effort, the time to carve it in stone, that they're they're just rock solid verses for you, your go to verses when when you're in a time of need, these are the verses that give you hope, mm-hmm. that encourage you. And so uh, those are our four. We, we each had our own four. We had one common. We did. And then we have asked our listeners to supply us with uh,
0: their Mount Rushmore version. And that is what has happened with my friend, John. All right. Uh, John uh, is a friend of mine that I've known for probably, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years. Okay. Uh, he works in the Postal Service. Okay. Uh, he was a postmaster at Shelbyville, and now he's some um, district officer of some sort. So uh, he... Uh, he uh, I asked him for his four, yeah, and so he sent me his four Mount Rushmore verses. Well, actually, he sent five. He did, uh, but you know, following instructions has no, not always been his strongest suit. Well, he's an overachiever. <laughs> he's an overachiever. That's exactly. <laughs> and, Listen, and we don't give extra credit. No, we so. do not give extra credit. <laughs> no. So the uh, the verse that we're going to talk about today is found in Second Corinthians. Uh, chapter 5, and the verses that he supplied us was 14 through 21, and the reason that he he sent this to us is he said it's a, it's showing us the need of a sovereign God. Mm. Is kind of what his reasoning was. Yeah. So we'll explore this verses and, and see what you... You got part of that? You got that in front of you? Yeah, you want me to read the yeah. whole thing? If you yeah. want to read the whole
1: thing, go ahead. I'll be happy to. I'll, this is the, uh, the New International uh, Translation. Uh, for Christ... The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed uh, to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness
0: of God. This is a powerful, powerful really section uh, yeah. that John has selected for his Mount Rushmore. And that's quite a few verses uh, for uh, Mount Rushmore. There's, but there's yep. a lot there. There is. yeah, There, there is a lot there. And it uh, starts right there in verse 14. Uh, I, I like the way it starts out. For the love of Christ compels us. Mm-hmm. I love that word compel. I do too. Yeah, I, I like that word compel because that's that seems to be a motivating factor to mm-hmm. me. Um,
1: you know, it, it's interesting, Robert, that that God has such a passion. Mm-hmm. You know, I love these these kind of verbs that talks about Him pursuing us or right. compelling us or, you know, He. I I I think sometimes we don't really understand how deeply he loves us. Oh, I don't think we do either. And that he 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 just goes to great extreme lengths to mm. to demonstrate that love. Ultimately the greatest was in in sending Jesus to to die for us. Right. And so um it's it's that compelling love, and boy, we should we should be grateful for that love,
0: mm-hmm. and it should change how we we view God. It should change everything how we view God, how we view other people, how we view our lives in light of that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever ever heard of the Easy English Bible? No, I need that. <laughs> Well, I had never heard of it either. Okay. Uh, I have a Bible app that's got, I think, every version wow. on it. And so I said, well, what is this easy Bible yeah. version? Okay. So that verse 14 yeah. that starts out, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus. Okay? Right. The easy English Bible says, whatever we do, we do it because Christ loves us. Hmm. We know that one man, Christ, died on behalf of all people, so we also know that all of us died with him. Okay. I like the way that, that kind of worded that right Seems there. It seemed pretty easy, didn't well, it? Well, that's why they call it the easy English Ah,
1: Bible. I see what they did there. So you say you, you call. <laughs> Yeah. I'm
0: so glad you caught on. Yeah. But I, I like the way they put that. Whatever we do, we do it because Christ loves us. Yeah. There's your compelling part of that verse.
1: Well, yeah, and I like because that verse draws out. It's, it not only impacts us, God loves us, but we love others.
0: And, and that really, that's the signature of who we are as believers is our ability to love. Right. So when you look at verse 14, and it goes right into verse 14, and he died for all, hmm. that those who live shall no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. That's, boy, that's chock full of information right there yeah it really is if jesus died for us it's only fitting uh that we try to live for him yeah one well, and,
1: and and notice it's it's all it's not right. some it's oh, yeah. not a few it's all that that is all inclusive right you know and sometimes as as christians we 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 kind of play duck-duck-goose with who should and who shouldn't be saved. Right. And and boy, aren't we glad that God doesn't do
0: that? If he did that, we wouldn't be here today. No, we wouldn't. (laughs) We wouldn't be having this podcast right now. No. Because who knows if we'd be the selected ones. Yeah. If that's
1: the way he did things. Right. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we we look at uh, different races or we look at nationalities and we say, well, certainly God can't love them, but... This
0: verse clearly says he died for all. He died for all. Yeah. Uh, and and you know because he died for us, uh, you know, if we're living for ourselves, then that means we're not living for Jesus. Exactly. And exactly. because this this whole this whole idea of him dying uh for us uh is is really hinging on the fact that he's got that much love for us like it talks about in verse 14.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we really have a tendency to, to live for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, we we know what we like. We know what we want. We have desires, right? And so uh, we either pursue things like pleasure. We pursue gain. Uh, sometimes it's a reputation. Sometimes it's just plain self serving. You right. know, I want this, and therefore I, I'm entitled to get it. Sure. Uh, but if we're going to live
0: our lives for Him, we've got to put ourselves on back on the back burner, and we have trouble with that. We do, <laughs> and we've mentioned that in uh, several of our podcasts. Sure, uh, because I think it's just a theme that we've always got to remember: the humanity of us mm-hmm. has to overcome. We have to let the spirituality overcome the humanity. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard because, well, one,
1: well, you know, we had a life before Christ, mm-hmm. and so that that life we're very familiar with, right? And so it's really hard to try to change that behavior. But also, we we like what's pleasing to us. Yeah, we do. You know, and and so you know, those thoughts, those desires are are there. And so to to say no, uh, that's the old nature. I'm going to have to pursue
0: you know, different thoughts and different expressions. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, uh, what about verse sixteen? What jumped out of you out of uh, verse sixteen? Anything to jump out just on your paper there? Yeah. Well, I got to read it. Well, I'll read it too. So okay. from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Mm. So the the commentary that I read yeah. uh, showed that um to know Jesus in the flesh didn't guarantee anything mm. because they had great numbers follow Jesus all through, you know, his ministry. Yeah. And yet they left him yeah, when he was, and they even put him on the cross. Yeah, so knowing him in the flesh necessarily didn't uh, do that. It didn't actually help you uh, the way we know him now in yeah. the spirit. Well, you you think about Paul's own story. When mm-hmm. he was saw,
1: he knew Jesus as as Jesus, right? Uh, but it had no bearing or impact on his life. No, it was only when he knew Jesus as his Savior. Right. That everything began to, to change about how Paul viewed Jesus. And and that's the same for, for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uncle used to say the name of Jesus all the time. <laughs> oh, oh, did he? But he didn't know <laughs> he, Jesus. No, he didn't know who Jesus no, was. But no. he said it all the time. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I think there's a lot of people like that. They they know the name, mm-hmm. but they don't know his saving aspect. And there could even be people in a church. There are people that are Christian right. who they know the name, mm-hmm. but they don't understand that relationship or how that relationship has changed how they should live. All right. Uh, you,
0: you mentioned Paul yeah. just a second ago. Um, I read in a commentary as I was putting this together that this guy thought it was possible. Now, again, this is not Scripture, but I'm I just sorry. wanted your opinion. Yeah. Uh, it was possible that Paul saw Jesus as a Pharisee. I would think so. Because this was when did he become? How many years was it after Jesus ascended that he became? Do we know?
1: You know the the timeline looks rather short. Okay, between uh, you know the 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 church is growing. We see that Stephen becomes a deacon, and then Stephen is stoned and and obviously you saw is there holding the coats, right? But, you know, it looks like, you know, given Paul's age mm-hmm. at that time, he, he probably, he could have been in the crowds listening to the Jesus teach. He, right. he may have been aware uh, at the crucifixion. Who, who knows? Who knows?
0: We're, we're, and it's just speculation. It, I don't it is to...
1: speculation. But given, you know, the region and the smallness of the region and Paul's age, mm-hmm. that he could have been
0: very aware so he would have seen Jesus in the flesh, so to speak, yes. but his whole mantra, his whole idea about Jesus didn't change until he saw him after the resurrection. That's correct. And also to, to wear the title apostle, right? Uh,
1: he would have had to seen Jesus. And so he may be recalling the Damascus Road experience of his sure. encounter, or he may have actually seen Jesus. And as we read in the Gospels, Paul may be a, a witness there as well.
0: Right. So um, so that was verse what? That was that verse 14? 16. That was verse 16. Mm-hmm. So uh, we go on to verse 17. And therefore anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come. I want to talk about that new creation. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus uh, changes um, those who come to him by faith and who are in Christ. Yeah. I mean, he changes that person. Yeah. Um, the saved are not just forgiven. They're a new creation. And it's something that it's hard to put my head around sometimes, thinking, thinking of myself as a new creation.
1: Yeah. You know, for, for me, verse 17 is really the picture of baptism. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as Baptists, we baptize by immersion. And so the the scene is, is really picture because they're standing there. Mm-hmm. They disappear as you immerse them into the water, and then they reappear. Right. And and so it's it's not a magic trick. It's not where you go ta da at the end. Mm-hmm. It, they are are burying, you know, being dead and raising to new life. Right. And that's when they're become a new creation. And and there really needs to be a a, a literal change. And sometimes in people it's a it's a drastic change. Oh, absolutely. It's immediate and it's it's quick. For others, it's a more gradual change, mm-hmm. but there needs to be a change uh, because it needs to be a new creation coming out of that. Yeah, because you're you're burying the old man, like you said. The old has to has to pass away, right? You know, and and we've got to decide. You know, one of the things that Paul encourages us is to work out our salvation to to figure out what salvation means for us. Mm-hmm. But you know, for some people, uh, there's there's some some people I have met in in my past, and and they took this so literal. Oh, did they? Well, I mean, they had to get all rid of all their clothes. Oh, wow! They, they got rid of everything—pots really? and pans. <laughs> uh, they would get rid of their wife. <laughs> <laughs> wow! They they wanted to start everything new. You know, so they sold their car, they sold their house, they sold everything, hmm. so they could have everything new. And and I don't think it's that literal. I don't think so. Either. And I don't think it's talking about physical things per se, although. You know, if there's things in your past that that were part of your life that are not Christ-honoring anymore, those things need to go. Right, they need to be put away. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but it, it's talking about an internal transformation that is going to
0: reflect what you do you know, as you live your life, right? And being a, a new creation doesn't mean that we're perfect. No, it does not. It, it's not going to be that. It means that we are changed, and that we are constantly being changed. Yeah, you know, there's
1: a lot of people that really wish at that time of salvation it was just boom. You know, <laughs> would that be nice? <laughs> the, the The sin problem was gone. Mm-hmm. The the carnal nature, the 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 old self was just eradicated. Right. But it's not. It's a struggle. No, that, that that dead old man wants to
0: raise up and uh, impact our lives. Right. And, you know, I love the the idea of this new creation and putting the old man to death mm-hmm. because we are guilty of, <laughs> like you just said, waking that old man up oh, and, yeah. and talking to him. Yeah. And you know, when, once he's dead, you don't talk to him. Dead people don't talk anymore. No, it's not a good thing. No. Well, if they do, they're of uh, zombies. Yeah, yeah, and that's not a good thing. That's <laughs> no, it's not a good thing, no. and we don't want uh, we don't want to talk about that zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness! All right, well, listen, we are halfway through this verse, oh, and we have run out of time. Holy moly! Oh, where does the time go? But we're going to pick up right where we left off. All right, and we will uh, pick up on John's verse because uh, we're going to finish from 17 through 21 Okay, in our next podcast. So thank you so much for listening to Two Brothers, One Bible Podcast. I'm Robert Wakefield. I'm Peter Searson. And we hope to see you on our next podcast right here, wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much, and God bless. Thank you for listening to Two Brothers, One Bible
1: Podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and be sure and tell a friend.